You're tuned in to Talking Respect with Hannah Banani. This is episode 26 with Managing Director of KC Partners, Robert Hanna. J.K. Rowling once said, It is our choices that show what we truly are, far more than our abilities. Earl Nightingale said, Never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. Joining us today is Robert Hanna, who is the founder and managing director of one of the most high-profile recruiters in London. With over a decade of global experience and a host of honours for his recruitment and search work, Robert formed KC Partners as a challenger brand to the large global recruitment agencies. Passionate about the law and lawyers, Robert has a reputation for delivering on challenging vacancies. He is also the podcast host of Legally Speaking Podcast, and he offers a series of training, coaching, and mentoring programs for a wide range of businesses professionals. On today's podcast, Robert shares with us his expert insights into how to get your foot through the door, how to make sure that you stand out as a candidate in a job interview, what to do to get ahead by hiring a mentor, and making sure that you really are up to scratch on your application writings. So if you want to learn more about how to get into law firms, what to do in order to succeed in job interviews, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, Robert. Really nice to have you on today. Thank you for coming on. Hi, had an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Brilliant. So could you start, please, by telling us a bit about your experience as a high profile recruiter in London and how you became, you know, the managing partner of a very reputable firm, KC Partners? Yeah, thank you very much. So um, it started really back in 2008 in the, 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 the Lehman's crash. I started my recruitment career in a FTSE 250 um, organization. And from there, and that was a tough time to start in the industry because we had, as, as I mentioned, the crash, there wasn't a great amount of jobs. So I really had to learn best in class recruitment. I was surrounded by some of the best, most aspirational um, recruiters of this generation at that time who have gone on themselves to build their own businesses in their respective industries. So I I started life there for about 18 months. And then I moved to a boutique organization and was part of that um, journey where we started with just a handful of people and then built that up to a sort of team of 20 or 30. And then I felt um, I always had a passion to do something in the legal space. The the reason being my grandfather ran a very successful law firm um, in the UK called Rich and Car Solicitors, which um, at, at the time, Leicester was the second richest city in the UK. So he he built a wonderful law firm and had wonderful clients. And I thought, well, if I can emulate his success within the legal space, but from a recruitment angle, I would love to do that. So I, I co-founded uh, KC Partners in 2016, and since then we've been on a been on a journey to really try and stand out and and be different and disrupt the marketplace. And uh, yeah, really really try to add value and build a community. I think the main point in terms of recruitment and doing it right is to treat people as humans and to really build a community, not just there to provide them with a job, but to be there for them throughout their career, thick and thin, and be their trusted advisor, like a lawyer would be to their client. So hopefully that helps. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think being human is very important, especially in this legal profession. Um, and it's really inspiring that you say, you know, you emulated what your grandfather had done with the law firm. Um, what are some of the challenges that you have encountered in your role as managing director? Yes, well, I mean, we, you know, it's never straightforward. And I think an entrepreneur or business owner that ever tells you that, I would take that with a pinch of salt. Of course, there are challenges and there are problems, but the important thing is to surround yourself around people who can help and support you through those challenges. I think the biggest challenge we've had is the is the pandemic. You know, we, you know, I, I've never ran a business before. I've never run a business during a pandemic. So everything being chucked at us at once in terms of um, switching up to completely virtual. Um, we had an office in London. We were used to meeting our law firms. We were used to meeting all of the our candidates. Of course, that all had to stop. And then we had to look at how we can make sure we can look after the mental well-being of our team. Um, we need to just make sure how we can keep in touch with our clients. And so there was a number of challenges that came out as a result of the, the pandemic. But the main thing to always remember is to stick to your, your core values, stick to what your mission is, stick to making sure you're passionate. I think a lot a lot of people who don't under overcome those challenges is because they're not passionate about what they do. I am passionate about creating a best-in-class legal recruitment firm that can really do more um, for the community. And so that is what spurs me on. But I would say the pandemic and all the, the offshoots of that um, have probably been the greatest challenge thus far as part of running, uh, running the business. Yeah, absolutely. I can only imagine how difficult it is to have to go through this whole transition of sort of being face to face and then everything suddenly going online, which um, which is something that I think a lot of people find difficult at this time when it comes to finding new roles and trying to get into law firms or even, you know, just embark on a new uh, role in work. Um but what are the key skills that you have picked up during your wealth of experience as a leading recruiter? Thank you. So I, I think some of the key skills that um, I've picked up is really understanding the importance of effective questioning. Like a lawyer, we need to understand and get to the root cause of what the, the problem is or the matter is. And that's no different when it comes to people and their careers. Because as I mentioned, we're dealing with human beings. They have personal motivations. They have drivers. They have needs. And so one of the key skills of being an effective recruiter is making sure you ask the right questions to ascertain the right information so you can best help that person with their next career move. And also to remove any misconceptions on what they think might be happening because a recruiter should be a, a subject matter expert. So they should know what particular law firms are doing, what the certain trends are, and so removing any stigmas or things they've heard. So I'd say point one is definitely um, effective questioning and communication. I think empathy is also very important. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of recruiters will just have one, one uh, relationship with a, with a candidate, and for whatever reason, that particular process doesn't happen, and they forget about that individual. And as I say, the heart of this, the heart of the organization is making sure that you are not a number. We are with you from start 
to finish. And so making sure you're empathetic, providing feedback, not running away, being supportive, because you know not everyone gets their, their first interview and gets that job. It might take a few occasions. So making sure that you are supportive and empathetic. And the other ability of being a good recruiter on the flip side is it is a case of you know being able to best represent and sell your candidates to the law firms. You know, the legal market is exceptionally competitive, as we all know. So a good recruiter will have really good relationships, both with candidates and clients, but really leverage that relationship with a particular law firm client to best represent the candidate. So it's not just sending a CV, it's really showcasing why that particular individual and the value they can add to that organization and why they should be suitable. So really want once I've amassed all the information from the candidates and what's important for them and what they're looking for, I make sure that then I can really best represent them in front of my clients to ensure that I secure them interviews and hopefully their, their dream jobs. So they're just some of the initial things I would, I would say off the top of my head. Those are some really helpful tips. So thank you for sharing. Um, what would you say um, or what, what would you advise in terms of law students and aspiring lawyers who are looking for a career in law? What tips would you share with them today? Personally, firstly, to listen to this amazing podcast. But secondly, I would also say the importance of mentors. And now we live in a digital world. There are so many ways that you can reach out to ascertain mentors. LinkedIn, of course, is, a, is perhaps a more obvious and commonly known platform. But there's also the emergence of audio networking platforms such as Clubhouse and Twitter spaces. And these people are hanging out in those spaces. So I'd really encourage the next generation to have mentors mentors, people that are in post at the moment that can help guide you, who can offer some advice, suggestions, challenge you. So I would really recommend people. It's great getting the textbook studying. And I think that's important. And you want to make sure that you, you know, chuck everything into the, the academic side, but you need to understand what's going on in the real world. And the best way is to have mentors that are practicing the law, focusing on that. And that could be in all different aspects. You know, we're seeing that law firms are obviously emerging. We're seeing the emergence of legal technology, which has doubled, tripled over the result of the pandemic. So actually have mentors in spaces which you might be interested in within the law. It doesn't necessarily have to be a conventional barrister lawyer route. It could be something different. So I would say really, really think about pushing yourself and getting mentors um, because I think they're invaluable, particularly at the start of your career, because so many don't. If you do, it will give you competitive advantage over those who are just studying out of the textbook. I couldn't agree more. I think it's incredibly useful and I would have hugely benefited from it myself had I um, been exposed to the idea, you know, many, many years ago. <laughs> but I was going to ask then, this leading to my next question, is how does one go about finding a mentor? Like where would where would they start? Yes, great, great question. So I, I as, as alluded to earlier, I think LinkedIn is a great platform um, to, to, to look for in terms of finding potential lawyers that you can relate with. But I also say think warm. You know, there's always within your network, there may be degrees of separation. So for example, your, your lecturers, your tutors, they may know of people that are in practice through their relationships. So I always say, if you're thinking of networking, who do you know who can introduce you to somebody you don't know? So think within your immediate circle of, of, of friends and contacts and people in your system and think about who they may have in their networks who could introduce you. And then, as I say, I would 
look to, to social media platforms. And I would also look to joining societies. So there's some amazing societies out there where you can get access to, to, to great people. And you don't necessarily have to have partners, senior people um, of these organizations. You might want a variety of mentors at different levels. So I would encourage you to look at the, um, the junior lawyer div- divisions events. I would encourage you to look at the London Young Lawyers events as well, because you're going to meet lawyers, you're going to meet barristers, you're going to meet people ahead of you that can give you advice and potentially look to be mentors. So I'd encourage you to, to sign up and get part of some of those societies as well and follow and engage with them on their, their social media handles. So that would be some of the initial things I would suggest. Brilliant. Um, so let's say you're hiring at some point and you're, you've got like a long list of candidates coming in. All right. And, you know, it's going to be a really busy time for you. And let's say, what are the three key traits that make a candidate stand out for you from the rest of the crowd? That's that's a really good question. I think if it's for my own organization, and this is not necessarily strictly completely relevant for um, lawyers, but there is some, some synergies here. I always think about value add. So whenever you're looking to join a new organization, you always want to think, well, that's great. I can do the job, but what else could I bring to the party that maybe they don't already have? And believe it or not, I have mentors below me. I'm a big advocate of 360 mentoring. And I believe the next generation, particularly of lawyers, have so many skill sets that actually are very valuable to organizations, be that from a uh, sort of content creation, social media, networking perspective, being alive to the digital age. And I think those are certain areas. So for me, I'm looking about where there can be value add that maybe we don't have those skill sets in-house that we could look to nurture, develop, invest in to ensure that they get learning and development. I think the other thing I look for is attitude. You know, for me, it's so, so important to have the right attitude and be respectful of our core values and understand what our mission, vision and purpose is. So you need to have the right attitude. And then, you know, I I do look at work ethic. And so I look for people who know it's not necessarily about working the hardest all the time. No people talk about that, but really looking at when you are working smart, really applying yourself and being dedicated to be the best you can be. For me, People who strive to be the best that they can be, they're the sort of people I warm to. So particularly when I speak to aspiring lawyers, I love it when some of, so many of them are trying to go above and beyond in their extracurricular activities or trying to just get some paralegal experience or trying to, to sort of hustle to get that meeting with a partner so they can get some coffee for 20 minutes so they can really improve on their applications. They're listening to podcasts. They're reaching out to the guests of those podcasts to, to try and form relationships. All of those things are a great example of showing you know dedicated you know work ethic, working smart, trying to improve themselves and be the best they can be but they would be probably three things i would i would suggest you know it's all good and well saying well this person got the job and they were successful in interview but a lot would argue how do you manage to get the application in the hands of the recruiters in the first place because that is one of the most challenging things isn't it so what would you say to our listeners right now that would be the most important thing to include in their application? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think the one thing you need to do with your application is ensure that they are tailored. 
I can't stress enough the importance of a tailored application. And so many, I still see it to now where people are copying and pasting, uh, pasting into documents because they've got fatigue. They've got application fatigue. So they're playing the numbers games. It's not about that. It's about really understanding well, what does that particular law firm do? Where are they trying to go? What is their strategy? What are their core values? And how do you align? And then if there are additional things that you can put in there to show you've gone above and beyond, then you can name drop, information drop, things you've researched outside of their website that you've gone above and beyond to know to showcase that you have, um, you, you're, sta- you're trying to make yourself stand out. And I would show that you have gained transferable skills and give real life tangible examples. And you know, we look at the age of the O-shaped lawyer in terms of being open, opportunistic, taking ownership. We're looking, law firms are looking for that. So you want to make sure that is included in your application. And as I say, demonstrate the value that you can bring that is a direct benefit to that particular firm. And that would hopefully make you stand out on top of all the other generic things that you need to ensure in terms of correct correct pronunciation, checking your typos, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. You know, I couldn't agree more. I think that you really needs to be tailored to such an extent that even your personal story comes out because, you know, there's just too many generic applications out there and it'd be so easy just to send them all out to the five, six, seven different law firms. But it needs to actually speak volumes to them and jump out of the page. So having a really personalized story about your background and how that connects to law or that particular law firm is really going to be something that stands out. Um, Can I ask then, what tips would you share with people about believing in themselves? Because belief is such a big thing. And I think, especially in a career in law, having the belief in your ability is really crucial. So what what tips would you have to share with, with our audience now about this? Such a great question. And you're absolutely right. It is so, so important. It may sound brutal, but it, you need to believe in yourself because ultimately you have to be prepared to take self-accountability. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. So you have to ensure that you take self-accountability. That all said, the worst thing you can do is compare. Okay. If someone gets a training contract before you, if someone gets some work experience before you, be happy for them. Go and learn from them. Go and ask them how they did it. Do not let that comparison beat you up and give self-doubt and make you think you cannot achieve that because you have to run your own race at your own pace. The one thing I can tell you is if you refuse to give up, it will happen one day. It's if you give up, then of course it's not going to happen. So I can't stress enough that, do you know what? Failure is absolutely fine if you get a ton of rejections or things don't happen immediately. Fine, just learn from that. Try and ascertain feedback speak to people, continuous improvement. If you really work on yourself and keep a positive mindset and surround yourself around positive people and inspiring people within your network, then I can assure you that it will happen. But please do not compare yourself to others and get too caught up on things you may have seen on social media that it damages your belief in yourself because you can do it. You just have to believe in yourself. That was really powerful. Thank you so much. I think it's, you know, it's really nice to hear this. I mean, it's brutal, but it's also very refreshing to hear that because people, you know, we need to hear these kind of messages because it is just so true. Um, Comparison is, you know, the killer of all creativity and it doesn't allow people to progress. You know, it kind of gets them stuck. Um, So 
I've got another really important one, which is how crucial is it to have a life outside of law and studies, you know, in terms of extracurricular activities and hobbies? How important is that, especially in, when it comes to job interviews? So important. And I think, you know, it's for your mental health, for your overall well-being. You know, you can't look after others as a lawyer if you don't look after yourself. And so I think this is something I'm particularly passionate about as well and seeing change and hope more changes to come in the legal system. Um, Because, yes, you've got to have stuff to look outside of the law because otherwise it becomes all too consuming and it will lead to burnout and it will lead to anxiety and stress. And you do not want to do that. So, yes, make sure that you make time for your friends. Make sure that you make times for a hobby that you enjoy. Make sure you take time to invest in your learning and development outside of the law if you're interested in um, you know, playing the piano or if you're looking at trying to be a best in class um, speaker, whatever it might be. It's so important because that shows that you're human and you're a rounded person. And so that will help you stand out in your interviews as, as well. But from my perspective, you need to have a life outside of the law. Otherwise, long term, I think it will lead to burnout. Agree. And I also think it must be quite interesting for the people interviewing, like, because I've, you know, I've done a few interviews. And I think just hearing that aspect of the other side of the person and what they like doing outside of work, and it just give that person like a really all rounded kind of personality. And yeah, it's more interesting, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes that could be what clinches it. That could be the thing that makes you stand out. There might be some commonality in that particular interview where you strike on a mutual hobby or a mutual interest or something that's within that team that they do as a team. So, yes, I think it definitely shows the full you. And if we're talking about be the human, not just the lawyer, I would encourage you to to really build on that in your interviews. Right. So we've come to my final question, which I ask everyone on the podcast. And it's this. What would be the one single advice that you would give to the 16 year old Robert if it were your last day? Such a good question. And, you know, I really want to make sure I give a an answer that's of, of, of value. Uh, the entrepreneur in me would say I should have taken a lot more risks far earlier in my career. Um, And another part I would have said, and we touched on it earlier, is I would have surrounded myself around a lot more people with diversity of thought. Looking back, I surrounded myself with friends. We were all similar and I was in sports teams and that's great. And I was surrounded by really good people and had good friends. But in terms of my own sort of development, my learnings and the abilities these days to build connections digitally, virtually, I would really encourage you to surround yourself with people with completely different opinions to you, completely different schools of thought, because you're continuously then learning and consuming from those individuals. So I would have said probably take more risks and surround yourself with people very different to you so you could learn that would encourage that diversity of thought. Perfect. That is a very, very good message. Because I think, you know, at that time, you know, when we're much younger, we're thinking, oh, it's better to be around, you know, harmony and people who just agree with what we say (laughs) and then not be challenged like constantly. But actually, that's not the way to grow. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today, Robert. I really appreciate your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've absolutely loved every minute. So um, yeah, and I love what you're doing with the podcast. So yeah, thanks so much once again. It's been a privilege and an honour.
If you found value in today's episode, then do remember to share, like, and subscribe with friends. If you want to hear more about these particular topics, then do send us a message on www.talkingrespect.com and have your say. If you want to learn more about Robert Hanna, then you can visit his social media page at Robert Hanna or Legally Speaking Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening. This is Talking Respect.